0: If you are able, uh, please rise for today's scripture reading. Today's scripture reading comes from the book of Romans, chapter 16, verses 1 and 2. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant of the church at Sancria, that you may welcome her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints. And help her in whatever she may need from you, for she has been a patron of many and of myself as well. This is God's word. It was decided. We needed to move. There was so much to figure out and a mix of emotions. We had to secure travel arrangements. We had to pack up our home, figure out what to keep and what to leave behind. And we had to get ready to move to a whole new city. We felt sad to leave friends and neighbors and familiar routines and we felt relieved to have a new place to call home. But we were also hurting, and we needed healing and recovery. And we were nervous because of all the uncertainty. We had been at our previous church and community for more than 15 years. So we got used to a certain way of doing life in church. So what was next for us? Several years ago, our family was in the middle of a big move back to the U.S., and I want to just read to you an excerpt of a real email that we sent to the New Hope Fellowship elders. This is dated uh, June 12, 2019. Hi, Pastor Rob. Thank you so much for your email and for checking in, and thank you so much for your continued support. It means a lot to us personally, and we're encouraged to know that we're covered in prayer. We were catching up with Che recently and mentioned this to him. Diana and I would like to join New Hope Fellowship as long as we're staying in New York. Both of us have felt a good connection, have received godly care, and have come to see how the church has been a gospel-centered community where we hope to participate and grow alongside. We're flying back to the US on July 2nd, so we hope to see you early next month. Thanks again, Joe and Diana. We're gonna go through big changes in our lives, significant ones. And we'll find ourselves, in many cases, we're gonna move for a variety of reasons. For some of us, it'll be for schooling. I know there's some juniors and seniors here and you're thinking of what next after graduation and thinking of schools, colleges. Some of you might be even moving far away from home for the first time. Maybe even for graduate school as you continue on your uh, education. Some of us will move for job opportunities. Uh, There's just a better job opportunity somewhere else. Or maybe it's just the demands of the job, a current job in the company, it's just the nature of the work and where it has led you. Sometimes it's just family needs. The many needs of our family just has kind of landed us in the place where we need to move now. Or maybe some other change in our life situation. There's reasons why we move. And most likely we will. And the main idea, the truth that we can be assured of today is that wherever God calls his people to move, that God is with us and joins us into community. That wherever God calls us to move, that God is with us and he joins us into community with other believers. Today we're finishing out kind of the tail end of uh, the church covenant that we've been covering in the last couple of months Pastor Rob will preach the the very last uh, uh, portion in a couple of weeks. But today we'll be covering the last commitment. And so it will be commitment number nine of our church covenant. And so uh, as we've been doing, uh, can we read this together? Let's read it all together. Ready? We will, when we move from this place, as soon as possible, unite with some other church where we can carry out the spirit of this covenant and the principles of God's word. Just like Johnny read to us moments ago, um, this portion of scripture in the letters Romans, the apostle Paul speaks of a woman named Phoebe. Phoebe. And she moves from a port called Sencrate in the city of Corinth, so basically Corinth, to a whole new city and church in Rome. And here we can draw out some useful principles from Paul's instruction that will, I think, apply to all of us here. So a couple of questions that we'll explore today is, what is our focus? Like when everything changes as we move and there's different seasons of life, what can our focus be? And the second question we'll explore is more practically, how then do we join a church? How do we go about joining a church? Remember, wherever God calls his people to move, he is with us. And he joins us into community with other believers. So the first question is this. What is our focus? What is our focus when everything changes? And from this short passage, we can see this. That God moves us with intention. That it is God who moves us with his intention. i want to read verse 1 for us once more. It says this, Apostle Paul writes this to the church in Rome. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant of the church at Sanctuary. Here, the Apostle Paul is commending Phoebe. Why? This sister, Phoebe, we don't know a whole lot about her, but remember, these are letters that Paul is literally writing on pieces of parchment and paper, and they have to be hand-delivered. So most likely, Phoebe, this sister, she was the one who was charged with delivering this letter now to the Romans. This letter that we, if you if are familiar with her letter to Romans, is such a seminal piece of writing and instruction for the church. And so it's on her now to deliver this letter to the church in Rome, and now she's moving there as well. And he's able to commend her and to speak well of her in a genuine, sincere way. Why? Think about it. Because they were able to partner together in the same church context, in the church in Corinth, the Corinthian church. He can say things like I commend to you It's possible for him to say that because they got to know one another through serving together. And they were observing one another's lives and observing real evidence of God working in and through one another. They were doing real life and ministry together. So in a way, he's saying, he's speaking of the past. Does it make sense? Because by the time the Roman church is reading this letter, Phoebe's already there. Because that's how the letter got there, right? And by that time, she's already moved, (laughs) practically speaking, from Corinth to Rome. So when he says Phoebe, a servant of the church at Cenchreae in a very brief statement, he's summing up her past experiences. And we're gonna read in between the lines here and see kind of what's implied to be able to draw out this wisdom. Phoebe, we can incur is is moving with a real sense of accountability. This is not just her move. It's not just a private, personal decision that she just kind of does on her own, her, on her own whim and her own timing and will. This is very much, there's a sense of care and accountability there. Paul is the one commending Phoebe and the church in Corinth knows that she's moving and is kind of entrusting Phoebe now into the hands of this church in Rome. So there's accountability and there's a real intentionality and purposefulness and thoughtfulness behind her move. Now, we don't even know why it specifically Phoebe needed to move from Corinth to Rome. We don't know. Uh, it's just speculation at this point. Maybe she had to move for some reason. Maybe it was by choice. Maybe it was a communal decision. We're not sure. What we do know is that Apostle Paul, he is no stranger to these kinds of moves. If you know the life and ministry of Apostle Paul, it was very often where he would be going down one way, he had a plan to kind of have a certain mission in mind, but then the Lord would redirect him, and he would go another way. Or sometimes he would stay longer at one place, sometimes he would be imprisoned against his will. And so the Paul, he's no stranger kind of to these movements and changes. And so... If we know that of Paul, if we know that of the early church, we see that even these moves, there was a real intention and purpose behind it. For us, I wonder when we are making these kinds of moves, can we see beyond your own actions? Can you see beyond your own decisions? Can you recognize that it is God who moves us and places us? It's God who does that. If God is really sovereign, and if God is the one who appoints us and places us in certain seasons, and certain places with a certain people, then we can also trust that really it is God who moves us with intention. We might think it's because, oh, it was just because of a tragic circumstance that I had to move. Or sometimes we're in conversation, oh, how did you come here? How did you hear of our church? Where are you coming from? Oh, it's just because of my job. Or it's just because, oh, we need a change. Or because there was just a family need. And those might be kind of the initial surface level reasons, which are true. And yet, even beneath all that, what's empowering and flowing through all of that is we can trust and see God's handiwork. That it is God who moves us with his intention. So I'm to give us like a few application points throughout this message. The first application point is this, so we can look back, look back to gain clarity on how God has worked in you. Look back to gain clarity on how God has worked in you. In moments of transition and change and we're moving from place to place, it is good and right for us to take some time to process and prayer and reflection How is this last station and season in your life? What was that like? You can celebrate the good. The the good that at least you can recognize. Yes, that was good. Let's celebrate that. Let's appreciate that. It's also important to mourn and just rightfully grieve what is lost. The friendships that you made. The real community that you formed. The familiar routines. The real just day-to-day life that is now changed. You no longer have access to. It's different now. These are things that we should rightfully, and it is good to recognize and even mourn as loss. So maybe part of that reflection as you look back is, rightfully just feeling sad about it. Maybe part of this looking back and processing is acknowledging some of the ways you've been hurt. Maybe we carry these hurts with us as we move and transition from place to place. The hurts that were done to us and even the faults, our own faults. What are the lessons that need to be learned? Is there needs to reconcile with others? we can see that there is a purposefulness and a real intention of God when we move we don't just move on our own we think we do but we can trust that if God is behind this then let's take a moment to reflect back and gain some clarity on how God has worked in us because wherever God calls his people to move he is with us and he's joining us into community Now, there's at least two positions to consider in these moves. Think about it. Not only will you find yourself as the one who is the newcomer and the one who is moving and joining, but probably more often you'll find yourself on the other end, on the welcoming party, or on the welcoming end. You're part of the community and the church now that is welcoming in newcomers. And so this message really applies to both parties, to both. Whether you're new and transitioning or whether you're staying and welcoming And the question we could ask is, how then do we join the church? How do we do that? How? It's to welcome one another in Christ. It's to welcome one another in Christ. Let's look at the next verse. It says in verse 2a, so that you may welcome her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints. That you may welcome her in the Lord in a way worthy of saints the saints what Paul is saying is this here's Phoebe, you don't know a whole lot about her you know that she's a Christian you know that she used to serve in the church in Corinth and now she's moving to you so welcome her welcome her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints now let's be honest welcoming isn't something that's characteristic as a church that's not automatic it's not that easy This sister, Phoebe, she's coming from a completely different city, from a different cultural context. The way they did life and church and the rhythm of life was very, very different. It will be as if someone was coming from Alaska. Is anyone from Alaska in our church? I don't want to call anyone out. Alaska. We'll just say Alaska. And moving to New York. Worlds apart. Worlds apart. Someone from, I don't know, Idaho coming to New York. Very different worlds. And so these are not easy transitions. And so when, this, when he's saying, please welcome her, this is a loaded welcome. This is a loaded term. Please welcome her, that's what he says, in the Lord, in a way worthy of the saints. So another way to kind of see this and break it down is this, here's an application for us. Distinguish what is essential, what is, verse conviction, versus preference. We must distinguish in order to really welcome each other in the Lord, in a way worthy of the saints. Determine what is essential. That means what makes us Christian, essentially Christian. The things that are constant about our faith, no matter What culture you're part of, no matter what location you go to, no matter what kind of church you go to, the things that are constant, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, these things, welcome her in the Lord, these things we must hold as essential. These are the constant things. Versus conviction, what are the important things that determine how we practically live out our faith together as a church? And we hold a little differently. The essentials, we don't let go. You you hold with a closed fist. But the convictions, it's like a gentle but firm grip. Because these are things that are important, that we're convinced of, is good and biblical and godly that we put into practice. And yet, there can be, and we allow for, a variety of, of expression and emphasis. And it's okay for there to be some differences. Convictions versus preferences. These are things that are just meant to change. Different things that just come and go. Different things that we just like and are comfortable with. But they don't really speak to who we are as, as Christians or really a church. They're just kind of more style. It's important for us to distinguish that, especially when you're moving from church to church, place to place, season to season. Because sometimes that can get mixed up. I'll kind of give us a chart like as an example. These, this is not an exhaustive list by, by any means. But for example, if, if, let's just say you were to enter into a new church. You were the newcomer. The things that might be kind of assumed and you might seem think of as obvious, the essentials, is this church Christian? Do they hold that Jesus is God? Jesus is the Son of God. Do they worship a triune God, the, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? Because that's who what, that's what we worship. One God in three persons. Does this church believe in the salvation is by Christ? It's through Christ, by grace and by faith alone. It is not by our own doing. It's not by our own works or merits so that no one could boast. But it's God's free gift in Jesus so that when he has, through his perfect sacrifice, we're covered. Our sins are covered. And now we have his righteousness. Do they believe in that? Or do they believe in something else and other than that? Are they basing how they express their faith on Scripture primarily? Not just because of one person says so or a human leader or some tradition, but through Scripture, tested against Scripture as God has revealed Himself through His Word. Those are the essentials. You don't let go of that. Because every church is different, yes, but those are the essential, the things that you don't let go of versus convictions. Things like ecclesiology. How do we do church? What is the expression in view of spiritual gifts, gender roles? How and who and when we do we do baptism, views on social issues. Those things are important, sure. And yet there's a variety of expressions and that's okay. And so we kind of hold on to it. We can't, no one church or person can do all the expressions. We say, all right, we're going to land here. And probably you're going to be more convicted of a certain ways than others. And so, yeah, that's important to consider as well. And then the preference, like styles, like preaching style, worship style. What do you do for age-specific ministries? Or how do you involve in your community or missions? How do you do membership? How do you serve? These things, they, they come and go. They change constantly. It's important for us to kind of distinguish between some of these things, both as a newcomer, because sometimes... And I'm guilty of this, too. Sometimes we can kind of confuse a preference for something more than it should be. It's like, well, I don't really like uh, the songs that, that church sang. It's not my style, right? Okay, great. But we're, was this in place and was this in place? Then don't wait too long. And I've seen this in my own life and others where, like, start wandering and floating for a little too long for too much too long on an extended time like months and months and months and maybe perhaps fixating too much on the preferences that are just meant to change that you're supposed to just kind of hold real loose and so it's important for us to be able to tell that and also on the other hand as the welcoming receiving church we should know this too why because if someone new joins our church community are we insisting lovingly pressuring people to do things that are here and treating it as if it's like this or this. Does that make sense, right? And sometimes we can we can fall into that. We're just human. We just kind of, we can mix those things up. Hey, make sure you do that. Or like, make sure you do this. Well, don't do that. We don't do that here. It's like, yeah, but... How important is it? Are we talking about something that's more of a preference or a conviction that can we can have agreed to disagree on? Even amongst all of us sitting here, in terms of convictions, we have a kind of a wide range of convictions in exactly how we express our Christian faith. And so it's important for us to know that on both ends, and so we give grace and are patient, patient with one another. So how do we practically welcome one another in Christ? He says, welcome her in the Lord, in a way worthy of the saints. He's not saying like, and make sure uh, when Phoebe comes, you show sure her the Roman way of doing things, because in Rome, you don't do what the Corinthians do. That's not what he's saying. He's like, in the Lord. Make sure the essentials, you focus on that. You give grace over here, and learn from each other here. And this Preferences, let it go. Because wherever God causes people to move, as he is with us and joins us into community with other believers, much grace and patience is needed. And so, the second application, another application that I kind of bring forth to you is that we can courageously invest in new relationships. Courageously invest in new relationships in these big moves and changes in our lives. Because relationships, it takes patience. I don't know about y'all, but the more years that go by and the older that we get season to season, isn't it harder to make friends sometimes? It's harder. When you're children, it's done for you. Play dates are arranged. High school, college, the time of your lives, seeing each other, like see your friends 30, 40 hours a week all the time. And it just gets harder, and it looks different to invest, especially in new relationships. We still might be sad about the friends that we have lost, and it's hard to kind of move on. So it takes patience. It takes a real commitment to follow Jesus together as you're getting to know one another for the first time. And so look at what Paul writes, actually, just in the verses right above. Same letter in Romans chapter 15, just earlier, before, he speaks to this and he says this. May God who gives patience and encouragement, because we need both, don't we? We need patience and encouragement to be in relationship with with one another in the church. May God who gives patience and encouragement help you live in complete harmony with each other as is fitting for followers of Christ Jesus. He's not writing this because they're so good at it. He's writing it because because of all of our differences We need more than ever to focus on and maintain the unity in the gospel. So maintain this harmony. Then all of you can join together with one voice, giving praise and glory to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another, just as Christ welcomed you, so that God will be given glory. In this Advent season, isn't this what God has done for us? that God not only came and he is with us, Christ the Emmanuel, but Christ also is welcoming us into the family of God if we were to have faith and saving faith in him. In this kind of same generous and gracious sacrificial way, it's a call for us as a church and as fellow Christians to embody that as we move from place to place and season to season and through different changes in our lives. And lastly, as you welcome one another, holding on to the essentials and working through these convictions, know that, especially in these changes and moves, that your role will be different. That your role will be different. Let's read the last part of uh, verse 2. It says, and help her in whatever she may need from you. For she has been a patron of many and of myself as well. Phoebe is described as a servant or as a.k.a. a deacon, a deaconess and a patron of the church in Corinth. That means she was very involved. Do you know people like that in the church? Like very, very involved. Their names attached to like everything, every church program ever. Like they're just always there and just super heavily involved in serving. She was that person. She was very involved. And she was a patron, meaning she had enough Means financially and just different gifts and resources to not be a patron and to be a benefactor of different people including Paul himself and many people says many people she had had the loot and she was generous and so she was a helper she was a servant but now in her new role in a new city, new church new context she needs to be the one being helped roles have changed she is in no position to be the helper and the servant and this deacon that she, and the patron like she was before. She doesn't know anyone yet. There's no trust. She's not familiar with the context. And so it is true for us. Our roles will change. Whether you move to a different church or whether we're in the same church, and as our church grows and spans and just kind of keeps on changing, sometimes you can stay in the same church and it'll feel like a different church after a few years. Talk to anyone who has maybe part of New Hope who went away and they came back for like three, four, five years, and they'll say, "Whoa, different church, things have changed." Yeah. So you don't even have to move sometimes to uh, to, to experience some of these changes. And the point is that with each season, our roles will change. Some of you you may have been used to being more on the receiving end, being helped. But in a different season, and a different place, you may find yourselves now taking more initiative, leading more, or serving in a way that you haven't before. On the other hand, some of you may have been used to serving in many capacities, just like Phoebe. But now you find yourself in a situation or a position where things are different now. Where you may, you need to kind of step back and rest and recover and receive more. So you can be reoriented to whatever God has next. Just as the needs of the church will change in every season, our own needs and capacity to be involved will look different too. So here's the last application point for us to consider. Be open to how the Lord is leading you to grow in this season. It can be different from last time. I don't know how, but it can be different. Be open to how the Lord is leading you to grow in this season. Do we really trust that it is the Lord's intention and purpose to move us through these different seasons and big changes in our lives? And if so, the Lord does have an intention and purpose for you, how you can grow and really focus on. So be open to how the Lord might be leading you to grow and serve in this season. It might be different from what we are used to. As our seasons of life change, and even if we were to move from place to place, and need to find a new church. Either way, we'll be, we'll be stretched in different ways. And we can know and trust that God appoints these seasons and moves in our lives so that we may continue to grow in our faith in him. And as God has appointed us, help and the local body of believers, we can trust that the Lord is surely with us. The Lord is surely with us. Wherever we are called to move or to follow God through big changes in our lives, He is with us. So let's pray together and commit ourselves to Him. Can, we, can you join me in prayer? Our good Father, um, in this season of Advent, we remember the coming of your Son. So thank you for being with us. In every move and every change of season, you have been steadfast. We trust that you have been with us. Help us to notice your handiwork in our human plans because you are with us. Comfort us, Lord, when we miss loved ones who are now far away due to the changes in our lives. You are with them. Heal in us any brokenness that we carry. You are near to us grant us clarity in what is wholly unchanging and help us hold loosely the things that are meant to change. You are faithful. Lord, I pray that you would establish these new and budding relationships within our church that we may all be known because you see us. And now unite us in the holy name of Jesus as we go from season to season, place to place and strength to strength. Amen.